Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we are continuing our Easter celebration, where we continue to have messages from various clergy and friends. And so Father Tom will be joining us, Father Anthony is joining us, Pastor Phil is joining us, Joe will be joining us as we continue to celebrate the risen Lord. Let us again commence our time by beginning with this song, Then Came the Morning. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103, just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. We have just been listening to Easter song recorded and written by the second chapter of Acts. They were a group that were around in the 1970s and were very instrumental in the transition of worship to the more modern contemporary style that we appreciate today. Continuing our journey through the Easter story, today we read of Thomas and Jesus' appearance to Thomas, beginning at verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone in his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. If you are wondering or trying to find God, Bible goes and says, Seek the Lord and you will live. Seek him while he may be found. If you genuinely are searching and seeking and want to know who Jesus Christ is and what is this eternal life about, John makes no bones about the fact that the reason he wrote his gospel is so that you may believe and have eternal life. Now, time to have a greeting from one of our church leaders. Here is Father Tom, followed by Father Anthony. Easter is upon us. And for the last 
Six weeks during Lent we have been preparing for Easter time. The old people used to say that on Easter day the sun dances and it's another way of being reminded about life and joy and hope. And we know that life and joy and hope are essential to be able to cope with life. And for those for whom life and joy and hope is unlimited supply, we especially remember and pray for you. Easter blessings, and I want to conclude with these lovely lines from the English poet Malcolm Gweet, called Easter Dawn. He blesses every love that weeps and grieves, and now he blesses hers who stood and wept, and would not be consoled or leave her love's last touching place, but watched as low light crept up from the east. A sound behind her stirs, a shatter of bright bird song through the air. She turns, but cannot focus through her tears or recognise the gardener standing there. She hardly hears his gentle question, Why? Why are you weeping? Or sees the play of light that brightens as she chokes out her reply. They took my love away, my day's night. And then she hears her name, she hears love say, the word that turns her night and hours today. I hope this Easter that you can somehow or other see the dance of the sun for you, that the light of the resurrection, the joy of Easter is very much in the depths of your being. Father Anthony, is a little blessing of Easter for you too. Blessing you all, all the listeners, a very happy Easter. May the risen Christ bring you all the hope and the joy and the light. God bless you all. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And now... We are going to continue our Easter celebrations with a word from Joe. Hello. Genesis 2-7 reads, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. John 20 verse 22 reads, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Ezekiel 37 verse 3 reads, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Lamentations 3 verses 22 to 25 read, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. Lamentations 3 verse 31 reads, For the Lord will not reject us forever. Proverbs 13.12 reads, Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Jeremiah 29.11 reads, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I've threaded all of these verses together to form at least some aspect of God's nature. He can resurrect old hopes, breathe new life into dead situations, and even give new hopes for the future. He can restore your fortunes as before. Delay in your situation is not denial, so old hopes that got dashed can be revisited and restored because his gifts are without repentance. As for broken relationships, friendships and sadnesses, sadnesses for people who have gone from our lives, sadnesses in marriages, sadnesses for old acquaintances, he has these things in hand too. So, if you were downcast, remember that the Lord brought you through many situations before and has always perfected that which concerns you. So what makes you think he hasn't your present situation under control also? Never give up on something you really want. It may be difficult to wait, but it's far more difficult to regret. Be okay with not knowing what may come next, but know that whatever it is, it will be okay. You will be okay. Our times are in his hands. God bless you. Now for a few moments, let us turn our attention back to our gospel reading and to Thomas's encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thomas, for some reason, just because the Lord Jesus Christ went and said to him, stop doubting and believe, has been given the moniker Doubting Thomas. One occasion when he is there going, really, well, I want to see Jesus for myself. And the way I know it's Jesus is if I go and put my finger into the nail holes in his hands and feet and put my hand into his side, then I know it's Jesus. I don't think that that is too unreasonable a claim for Thomas to be making in the light of the circumstances that's just taken place. Do you? Nearly every atheist will go and tell you, well, I want proof. Show me the facts. In other words, Seeing is believing. If I can see it, therefore I believe it. Many years ago, I was having an argument with a friend of mine. And he ended up saying to me that, well, how could he know that Dublin exists? And I said, you know Dublin exists, you live there. Now, we were having our conversation in Tullamore. But he said, I can't see it. So maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Now, that to me is just crazy philosophical thinking with no merit to it. But every scientist is looking for or trying to discover facts. Prove this to be true. And Thomas is one of those people down to earth looking for the evidence. That's not unreasonable a claim to be making. So the Lord Jesus turns up a week later, when Thomas is there, shows him the nail prints in his hands, shows him the nail prints in his feet, lets him put his hand into his side, and then Thomas goes, My Lord and my God. He had seen the risen Lord. He knew he had encountered Jesus by the wounds 
that were inflicted upon Christ's body, that hardly goes and constitutes him being a person who continuously doubted. Just because he didn't take the words of the other disciples at face value. But Jesus turns around to him and does go and say, Stop doubting and believe. See, faith is a different thing when it comes to belief. It's not blind. It isn't that the facts must be there before one believes. There's an assumption that the facts are there. For example, if you were to go on a flight to a foreign country, you place your faith that this big lump of metal is actually going to take off from the runway and get you to your destination. You place your faith in a pilot you haven't seen. You've placed your faith in his accreditations and qualifications to do the job, although you have not been able to check them up. You place your faith in an unknown entity. You place your faith in the aviation industry and their checks and balances to ensure that the person at the front of the plane is who he claims to be the pilot. So is that blind faith? You sitting on the plane? You know the science. You can go and check it out of how that plane is going to fly. But you believe that the person that you have not met, whose credentials you have not seen, who is there at the front of the plane, the only thing you hear is, this is your captain speaking. We are flying at such and such a height, at such and such a speed, and our anticipation is that we will reach our destination at such and such a time. And you place your faith in that. Jesus goes and says, blessed are those who believe who have not seen. Now just because you haven't seen God, just because you haven't met with Jesus physically, just because, unlike Thomas, you have not been able to go and place your hands into his hands, feet or side, or look upon the wounds that were inflicted upon him. The challenge to you and to me is, do we believe Thomas's story? Do we believe John's account of these events? That's the challenge, isn't it? That we have faith that Jesus is who he claims he is. And just like the aviation industry go and verify the pilot, we have faith that the eyewitnesses truly do verify that Jesus Christ is, as Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Can you, on the evidence they have given, declare of Jesus that he is my Lord and my God? That is the challenge, is it not? Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And now it is time for a resurrection message from Pastor Phil. I would guess that there must have been an uneasy silence in Jerusalem on that Sabbath day. The city had been witness to some dramatic events. The arrest and trial of a remarkable rabbi, the death sentence passed by Governor Pilate, 
the release of a terrorist prisoner, the awful scourging of the rabbi, the crosses on Golgotha, and then stories of the temple curtain being ripped in two. What could it all possibly mean? The following day, the sun had not yet risen, but some women were already about their business. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, from the start. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and, and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they led him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The story goes that Joseph of Arimathea was challenged by one of the Pharisees. How could you, a prominent man, give your tomb to the poor son of a carpenter? No problem, he replied. He only needed it for the weekend. On Sunday morning, the tomb of Jesus was empty because he was alive. Michael Bordeaux tells how one Easter Sunday he found himself in the city of Moscow and he made his way to an Orthodox church. The service began in an unusual way. The procession was coming up from the back of the church and in the middle of the aisle they paused, looked one way and then the other and said, We seek Jesus. Where is he? No answer. They did this several times. And then when they reached the front of the church, they turned to face the congregation and put the question again. We seek Jesus. Where is he? And in unison, everyone declared, He is not here. He is risen. Michael Bordeaux's heart rejoiced that there, right in the city of Moscow, there were people declaring the truth of the risen Christ. On the way back to his hotel, he passed by Lenin's tomb. And there, hundreds of people were queuing to file past the icon of a nation. And the Christian believer had the thought, in contrast to what he had just seen and heard. He said, the folk going in there can see he is here and he's dead. Yes, the Christian faith is unique. And one of the main reasons is one we declare without apology. Jesus Christ is alive. Please bow with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for the joy that comes to our hearts because we know our Saviour rose from death and is alive forevermore. 
May we sense his living presence in us and with us today and share that glorious truth with all of those who need to hear. We pray in the name of our risen Lord. Amen. Till next time, keep treasuring Jesus. So folks, there you have it. We've come to the end of yet another show here in Heartlands and I hope you've enjoyed our extended Easter celebrations as we have been listening to Father Tom and Father Anthony, to Joe and also to Pastor Phil and also looking at the scriptures that are for today. God is good and he is with us and we are truly blessed. Thomas was one who saw the Lord, saw the wounds, placed his finger in those nail prints placed his hand in the Lord's side. And we are blessed that we have his testimony. But the day is coming when we too shall see the Lord as that, the Lord, the King of Kings, coming back. And this next piece of music which we're going to finish on is quite a lengthy piece. But oh, it is such a beautiful piece of music. Listen carefully to the lyrics as it plays. We shall behold him. So folks, on that note, with that promise that that is what is going to happen, that's all from me for this week. So thank you for listening to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you, show you grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace till we chat again. God bless. Bye-bye.